Hey, this is Dean Carnassus, the Ultra Marathon Man, and you are listening to the November Project Fitcast. Hello, and welcome to the November Project Fitcast, the post-Thanksgiving bloat edition, because I'm still bloated from Thanksgiving. <laughs> yes, I don't know about you, too. Tom. I had a tremendous Thanksgiving meal here, Tofurky. You did. You had your completely vegan Thanksgiving. Yes, yes, we did. So it was it was fantastic. You know, honestly, like with the veggie gravy and the tofurkey, there's really not much of a difference. It's all about the experience. Yeah, and you got to spend it with Kelly, which is wonderful. I did. It was it was our first uh, living together Thanksgiving. And it was phenomenal. There was a little bit of an asterisk at the end of the night with the football game. But other than that, uh, the day was amazing. We had a great time. How about you? How was yours? Well, we don't have to talk about the football game. As far as I'm concerned, it never happened. Yeah, there have been a couple since then that we can talk about. Yeah, but uh, my, my Thanksgiving was great. You know, I got to spend it with my family, Johnny's family. Um, not vegan, definitely not, especially in the Italian household. <laughs> but... <laughs> yes. All kinds good. of cheese and meats and all that, yeah. So. Oh, yeah, the whole shebang. Well, did you so have enough to eat? I did, and I had, remember last time I was talking about the tiramisu? Yeah. I definitely had a way bigger piece of that than I should have, <laughs> and I paid for it. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah, well, you know, you're not the only one with uh, a fragile digestive system. I know. Well, so. we'll get into more about dietary stuff. When we talk to our guests in this podcast, but I have a couple more things that I want to recap. All right, um, let's talk about after it. After Thanksgiving, yeah. Well, I celebrated my birthday, which everybody should know is November 30th, you know, the best day of the year. Yeah, send <laughs> cards. You can go send cards or emails to npfitcast at gmail.com. Belated sure. birthday cards, please. Yes, uh, e-cards would be great. Uh, <laughs> but happy birthday, Kristen. Thank you. Thanks, Hans. Um, but after my birthday, I competed in the um, ever-so-famous Malort 5K. Ah, uh, yes. Yeah. Slamming Malort and running sounds like a perfect way to enjoy an afternoon. Yeah, is I Cardenas, is Frank, is Frank involved in this deal? Frank sure is involved, but I think I need to take some time to explain what Malort is because our non-Chicago audience probably has no idea. Oh. So Malort is this wonderful, very sweet, very delicious liquor. And by sweet and delicious, I mean it's terrible. And, and it was described to me as tasting like grapefruit mixed with hairspray. <laughs> That's horrible. So there's a race somehow integrates hairspray shots into the race. Yeah, at every at every mile you take a shot. So and three you shots. Won. So you won this race. I, I did. I won the whole damn thing. Wow. It was awesome. It Where was, was this? Where was this? Tell me about the race. So it was along the river in Chicago. Okay. It was absolutely not professionally sanctioned. It was completely unprofessional race <laughs> because we had Malort stations set up just at little tables, and then you have to take a shot. Definitely non-licensed. No, absolutely not. All right. And yeah. it was a 5K, so was that was that so a shot every mile? Did you do one before you started? So were there so four shots? You do one like 50 feet into the race. Okay. And then you do one at the halfway point, and then you do one like 50 feet before the end. Okay, so three shots, got it. Yeah, and I'm I'm telling. So the first one was like, okay, this is bad, but I'm still gonna run. Um, after you know a mile and a half, you get to the second one, and it's that second one that you're like, uh-uh, this is not gonna <laughs> stay down. Doesn't go well. 
doesn't go well. And then the last one, you just power through. The last one's easy. Oh, fair. So. wow. That is unbelievably interesting and related to the alcohol race I saw, which we'll get to in a moment. But uh, let's talk about the highs and lows of the, of your race. So the lows was the doing the shot halfway? Yeah, the low was shot. No, it was probably like 400 meters after shot number two where I wasn't sure if it was going to stay down. Uh, Breakthrough yeah. and hairspray, it really does something to your stomach. <laughs> um, and, and then I think the high point was when I passed the, the guy who was ahead of me. And oh. I offered him, I brought, I brought a chaser because I knew I wasn't going to be able to keep down the board. So I brought a chaser, a sports drink. And as I'm passing him, I'm like, hey, do you want some sports drink? And so oh. we shared a sports drink. Like, that was sports, wise yeah. and not against the rules. So Frank didn't put any rules about carrying your No, projects. and Frank is um, the person that actually got me into November Project. Oh, um, So he's just an awesome, fun guy. And, yeah, he organizes this race in order to raise money for the Chicago Food Depository. It's um, a yeah. Chicago liquor raising money for a local cause, and it's great. He's a great guy. Yeah, he's genuinely one of the nicest guys. You know, his his... His sort of motto is, don't be a dick, right? Exactly. That's his religion. Yes. Don't be a dick. And I, I, you know what? He's not a dick. He's the opposite of that. He's a good guy. Sure is. And you guys raised a lot of money, and you won, and you had a lot of fun. Was there a post-race yeah. party? There there was, but I couldn't go because um, our dog was celebrating her birthday. Oh, so Evie. Birthday. Evie. So we, we came home and, and celebrated with her. Oh, fantastic. Well, that's that's a great day. That's a wonderful day. I also was at a race. I want to hear about Baltimore. your booze-related race, Vaughn. I was a spectator, and uh, I was with uh, one of our guests today, Kelly, my girlfriend. We live together here in Austin, and some of the Project Austin people that uh, we interviewed on our last podcast. It was the World Championship Beer Mile. Wait, there's a world championship for that? Like, it people is. actually compete. They have a track they set up in a parking lot. Oh it was relatively God. flat, but it, precisely a quarter mile. Um, and they had announcers and a beer sponsor and parking and lights. It was a nighttime event. It was unbelievable like we we've seen the greenberg mile in chicago right remember that one? Oh yeah the greenberg beer mile yeah well this uh the, the competitors in this race sorry vicky sorry becky but uh yeah they're a little bit faster a little bit faster <laughs> were they fun. faster runners faster drinkers or both all of the above and oh uh, a, a couple highlights so there were there were i think five heats five or six the first heat was just open like i could have signed up for it I don't know you if I were to. Going to. What was that? I thought you were going to sign up for it. I have difficulty slamming four beers, so it's for those of you who have never seen a beer. Mile, which is <laughs> Liar! Probably, the listeners, <laughs> listeners of our podcast, there's probably no one who's never heard of it, but it's a quarter mile track. You you slam a beer, you run a quarter mile, slam a beer, run a lap, slam a beer, run a lap, four well, beers, four laps. Yeah, four four quarter mile laps, just around a regular track. Um, and in the first heat, just the open, like just sign up and show up, an 81-year-old woman. What? Yep, competed. Elvira. She, Elvira. <laughs> El, Elvira competed and got a PR, beating it by about 20 seconds last, from last year when she competed. Oh, my God. So 
she was awesome. I have a great video of her finishing and you know, she could took her time through the through the the beer drinking the beer drinking part of it, but uh yeah. Who cares? Everybody, she was she was definitely the crowd favorite. So that was the opening event. The next one was sort of the next level. You had to not qualify, but put down a time like, oh, I want to finish in this. And it was probably 80% guys and 20% women in the more competitive open field, non-professionals. Uh, and you know what? Non-professionals implies that there are professional beer milers. Yes, there are. In fact, well, so the world championships, they get, they get, they get, they get flown in. Like there were most, not most, but the, the plurality of the, go ahead, listeners, go ahead and look up plurality and email us. The plurality (laughs) of the country's representative represented outside of the U S was Canada. Okay, so... Lots of Canadians. Oh, wait, wait, there's more to Canada. Okay, I'm sorry, go on. Lots of Canadians in this event, because it kind of makes sense, because they drink a lot of beer, right? But it was just the U.S. and Canada? No, 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 the whole world is is represented, it's just that, you know, all the top competitors are from Canada. (laughs) Okay, makes sense. So, um, but yeah, so the non-professional competitive open field... Was won by a woman. She crushed all the guys. Yes. It was girl great. power. Yeah, girl power it was great to see. So, watching it and kind of paying attention to what was going on, she was probably three or four seconds slower per lap than the guy, but she crushed him in the beer drinking part of it. Oh my god! Yes. So. Yeah, after the third beer, and apparently from what the announcers are saying and what the competitors kind of feel is that un, not unlike the the Malort, the third beer is by far the toughest one. Right before the end. Okay, I get that. No, the fourth beer is the one before the end. Oh, yeah, one before the end. Yeah, yeah the, the third beer is apparently the toughest one. I don't know what, it's a psychological thing, but uh yeah, so penultimate drink is always the one that <laughs> penultimate drink. Penultimate, look that up, bitch. <laughs> Although it was kind of, it was so it's the penultimate drink of the. We're hashtag vocabularying the fuck out of this podcast, yes. aren't we? <laughs> hashtag <laughs> that will be right. hashtag explicit tag. <laughs> yes, we're explicit. Three minutes and thirty seconds in, we are uh, we're officially explicit. So, no, we're ten minutes in. I I don't know. Time flies when you're having fun. Um, But yeah, so we'll have to challenge our guests to a vocabulary off here shortly. (laughs) All right. Sounds good. (laughs) But yeah, no. uh, So more on the beer mile. Like, so the winner, then then they finished the open. Then they had the uh, sub-elites who finished in like seven, eight minutes. The final for the... Seven, eight minutes to drink four beers and run a mile. That is still really impressive. These I don't are... even want to know if the winner won Yeah, well, you're going to find out here because that was the sub-elites. The elite woman finished in just over six minutes, I say. Like 608, 609, oh, something like that. Phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you slam a beer, quarter mile. <laughs> I've never run a six-minute mile. Eh, that might not be true, but certainly not mixing four beers into it. I can't. I can't even drink one beer in six minutes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I can't either. So no, it was amazing to watch. They had the lights set up. It was a great night out. A little cool. They had food. They had food trucks come in, and the, the there was a beer sponsor. It was great. The one thing, the world championship males 
you got to bring your own beer. So it was not the exact same beer. They were drinking out of bottles. And apparently, drinking out of bottles, there's less foam. So there were less dead soldiers, if you know what I mean. Dead soldiers. Yes. Very, very, very little puking compared to previous years, according to the, the professional announcers announcing the professional beer mod. So this has been historically documented. Apparently. So I want to be a beer mile historian when I grow up. <laughs> is that is that you just finished grad school, right? I'm still in grad school, but I'm going to switch. I'm going to switch my. I'm going to change my mind. All right, historical beer mile historian, whatever. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Yes. Well, let's move on to our. What do we want to talk about? The main topic or more Packers? Let's talk about the pack. Aaron Rodgers. Do you know who that is? Oh, is that that guy that a couple weeks ago threw that 63-yard Hail Mary pass to Richard Rodgers in the he end zone? Yeah, Richard Rodgers is a tall, big, strong athlete. And Aaron Rodgers, he's got he's got poise in the pocket. Yeah, he does. That was fun to see the, the Lions go down. It was really fun. It was way more fun than the game on Thanksgiving, which I'm not talking about, but I keep bringing up. Speaking of football, <laughs> you know I live in Texas now. You do. And seeing the game of the week, the Fox game of the yeah. week. Yeah! Oh, against, did you get shit? Against the Cowboys. I watched it at home, fortunately, because you don't get to watch a lot of Packer games at home. Mm-hmm. I got to watch that one at home, and, oh, it was so sweet to see the Cowboys. They scored seven points. It was It was just sad. Oh, I have a good fitness story related to that game. Okay. <laughs> so I did, a little, I, did a, I did a little Tabata workout in the morning. I, I didn't actually think I'd bring this up, but it's it's fitness and Packers. It's a good segue. So I did my little Tabata workout. I'm like, all right, I'm done with my workout. There was two minutes and 40 seconds left in the half. I'm like, I'm just going to do jumping jacks till the half, right? Uh, the last two minutes and 40 seconds, there was like, Two punts, a turnover, a touchdown, three timeouts for oh, each so team. Oh, so it was really like 10 minutes. 21 minutes. <laughs> I did jumping jacks for 21 minutes. Fuck yeah, you did. Damn right. I was tired. My legs were sore, but it was a good workout. So. Oh, yes. Uh, so, yeah, we're really happy about that. So, what do you think about our main topic today, K-Salk? Um, I, I don't know a good way to segue into this. But I'm really excited about it. I I just want to preface this with Fonz and I are not vegan. We do not adhere to that lifestyle, but we respect it because there are people in our lives that we love that do. And we are going to introduce those people today. Yay. Yes, and we're going to get a couple of different perspectives on uh, eating vegan or veganish or just, just general nutrition and health stuff. Mm-hmm. So who's going first? Um, why don't you interview Kelly first, and then I will interview my guest, Susan. That works very well. Well, Kelly Rice, welcome to the podcast. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. We're happy. Kelly, you sound familiar. Have you been on our podcast before? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Perhaps. (laughs) (laughs) Talking about ultra marathon running. Yes, we have a vegan ultra marathon runner, which is absolutely a ridiculous fact, but, but we love it, so... So. Oh, well, so veganish just means you're not perfectly vegan, um, and that's okay. Fantastic. So Very simple, huh? It's, it's that easy. <laughs> well, what's your history? What's your history with diet? And give us a little, 
little um, background. So my history with diet is that I grew up on the standard American diet, you know, large glasses of milk at every meal with a big serving of meat and a side of like rice roni or macaroni and cheese and a very tiny serving of vegetables that I would feed to the dog. Um, lots of McDonald's, pizza, Taco Bell, Mountain Dew, Cool Ranch Doritos. Um, problem is I became kind of addicted to those foods. And I'm 5'8", and at one point in my life I reached 220 pounds. My average weight was probably 175. Um, and then thankfully I found a book called Skinny Bitch. Skinny um, Bitch? Skinny Bitch. It's a really hilarious, well-written book. Um, and it saved my life. Honestly, if I had known it was a pro-vegan book, I would not have bought it. Um, I I had ditched not that long ago um, before I bought it, a vegetarian diet, um, and had gone on to filet and crab legs dipped in butter and lots of cheese. Um, And I never would have picked up this book, but they kind of trick you into reading it. Yeah, and a a lot of people sort of hesitant to dive into the vegan world are afraid of that. Like, they're like, I can't give up everything. Or, and, which is kind of your experience, you you become vegetarian and your entire diet is full of cheese and dairy. Right? Right. <laughs> right. And cheese is like the hardest thing for people to give up. So, I read this book. I couldn't uh, really ignore what I read. Of course, it talks about animal welfare and the environment, um, which was, you know, very compelling to me. But um, it also talks about health. And I kind of started diving into research about health and nutrition, and I've read, I've kind of become a self-proclaimed know-it-all on nutrition since then, Um, and I've also um, gotten certified in advanced nutrition studies from Dr. Herman's Nutrition Education Institute. So I have a blog on Facebook called Feast Your Way Fit. I try to promote a healthy lifestyle um, and educate people how you can reverse and prevent most diseases that Americans face, you know, diabetes, heart disease, um, hypertension, even osteoporosis, through a healthy, whole foods, plant-based diet, which is really different than vegan, because all whole food, plant-based diets are vegan, but not all vegan diets are whole foods, plant-based. You can be a junk Uh food vegan. Um, I've been 175 pounds as a junk food vegan. I didn't lose weight until I got into eating whole foods. So sugar is vegan, right, Kelly? Sugar? Yeah. Yeah, oh, Oreos are vegan. A lot of different <laughs> cakes mixes are vegan, I discovered. But they're not plant-based. <laughs> Twizzlers are vegan, and that's not plant-based. <laughs> and it depends on your definition of vegan, too, because, like, the white sugar, some people don't, like, if you're an ethical vegan, it still uses, like, bone shards or something yeah, to... they use bone yeah. in the processing somehow. Yeah, mm-hmm. oh yeah, bones and cow's milk, like that dried cow's milk is used in a bunch of stuff, so... Mm-hmm. That, that was a brief um, <laughs> by Susan, who we'll, we'll introduce <laughs> yeah. later, but go ahead and do <laughs> that's, that's And it's absolutely... So a lot of people are going whole foods plant-based, which is a vegan diet for health, but the word vegan is not really appropriate because vegan is a lifestyle. It's you don't buy products tested on animals. You don't wear leather. You know, you don't wear um, down coats. It's a whole lifestyle. And that's about more about animal welfare. Um, but plenty of people are adopting whole foods, plant-based diets. That doesn't make them vegan. They're yeah. doing it for their health, well, which is wonderful. So tell us a little bit about going vegan-ish, your other, your other uh, Facebook page. So I, I did um, create a Facebook page called Going Vegan-ish. And I created that because there's a lot of vegan police out there. 
that will attack anyone that goes on a vegan page and asks a simple question and they admit that they're still eating an animal product and they get attacked. And in my world, that's, if somebody had done that to me, like when I first, I declared, oh, I'm vegan, but I'm still going to eat sushi once in a while. It's because I don't know what vegan is yet. I'm still learning, right? And if someone had attacked me and judged me, it would have completely turned me off from that community. I would say nine out of 10 vegans are very supportive and wonderful. And it takes that one vegan cop to really turn somebody off of the lifestyle. So going vegan-ish um, is to celebrate any small things people are doing to cut back on their consumption of animal products. You don't have to be perfect to make a difference. Like a no meat Monday or something like that. Just right. anything that helps. I know yeah. people are super strict about looking at labels, making sure it's not tested on animals, but they're still eating meat and dairy or whatever it is, like wonderful, you know? It's it's great and it should be encouraged and supported. And because people have that encouragement and support on this page, a lot of people are going further with veganism than they would have otherwise. And they've said that. So um, it's been great. Oh, yeah. Well, that's fantastic. So um, so you have your Dr. Furman certification. Mm -hmm. uh, you've gone through the weight gain and loss. I've gone through the weight gain and loss. Mm -hmm. I've seen my cholesterol level drop dramatically, blood pressure drop dramatically, triglycerides ah. drop dramatically, blood sugar, all of that um, has dropped dramatically. Generally, just more health and wellness and feeling better all that, right? I'm feeling wonderful, yes. Well, we're in a tough time of the year now because between Thanksgiving and Christmas, both mm -hmm. not only between the two events, but all of the days and weeks and holiday parties in between, a lot of people have difficulty. That's why they're like, oh, New Year's, I'm going to the gym and all that, that, that you know, New Year's resolution stuff. Yeah, but, right. But Kelly, why don't you talk to us a little bit about, you know, you, I think, will probably end up losing weight between thanksgiving and christmas and i if i stay on the same track i will too but we're two of uh about a billion people what was that what's your secret share it yeah let's talk so, to us what, what are the what, what are the tricks so tricks to losing weight um first of all for me i try to make it about health and not just my weight line waistline um i think it's important for people to realize that the most cardiac deaths out of the year are on December 25th, 26th, and January 1st. More heart attacks yeah. than any than the rest of the year. Um, one bad meal can actually hurt you. Saturated fats and animal foods, refined carbohydrates, sugary desserts, alcohol, salt, that all damages the endothelial functions um, of your blood vessels. And a lot of holiday meals are very artery clogging. The American Heart Association recommends we consume less than 300 milligrams of cholesterol a day and an average, lar well, like, say, large egg has 200 milligrams. So imagine what somebody's eating on a holiday meal with dessert, which also has a lot of cholesterol if it's a traditional baked, baked good. Um, if you've got any kind of blockage going on that you don't know about, you could be one meal away from a heart attack. So that's one motivation to kind of stick more with, load your plate up with a lot of vegetables, and salad, um, and kind of minimize the more saturated fat foods, you know, the gravy, the turkey. Like, if you're going to eat those foods, fine, but maybe, you know, try to minimize it a little bit. I saw another one of our partner podcasts talk about, like, just eat your vegetables first. Right. And mm -hmm. then when you're, if you're full of your vegetables, the other food is there. Because on the plate, the, the vegetables, you know, to a... To a hungry person or not even a hungry person, the vegetables are going to lose out to the gravy and the sweet stuff. So, 
Right, and vegetables are not going to taste good after you've eaten a bunch of gravy and sweet stuff. I mean, yeah. that stuff just dulls your taste buds. It kills your taste buds. It's so rich that you can't go back and really eat vegetables and fruit, and it's going to taste any good. We're talking about six weeks, though. Like, the, the Christmas dinner, or the holiday dinner, or the Thanksgiving dinner, like, that's only two meals. Those, as you mentioned, can hurt. What about the rest of the What about the rest of the month? What can you do, or what's, well, what's the so problem? Well, so what I've been doing is not snacking. Um, I know some people say eat throughout the day so you don't get hungry. I'm actually letting myself get pretty hungry between meals. So you can add on a lot of excess calories when you snack, and it also kind of encourages mindless eating. So I'm being incredibly strict right now um, with the snacking. I don't care if a grape falls on the counter. If my meal is done, I'm not eating that grape because I'm kind of training myself just to not mindlessly shove stuff in my mouth between meals. Like you go to a party and there's a buffet sitting out of like little nitpicky snacky food things. Don't touch it. Have a real dinner, but don't touch that stuff. That stuff just adds up without you even really realizing yeah it's pretty fragile if you look at calories burned versus calories consumed you know when you add those extra snacks you're going from just under losing a little bit of weight to just gaining weight every day and Mm -hmm. especially during this time where you know every other day there's another holiday party to go to or if your birthday happens to be in december like my co-host and her dog and her boyfriend Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> you, have, you just have these additional parties to go to. It's tough. Yeah, I'm not even going to lie. This is, this, I know this is not your intention, Kelly, but I'm feeling very guilty right now. <laughs> no, 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 don't. I, I struggle with the holidays like everyone else, so I have to create rules for myself. I really do. Yeah. You know? And um, another thing I would say is I don't think moderation is good for everybody. Some of us can't have one dinner roll. Okay. It's going to turn into tense for some mm-hmm. of us. Certain foods have to be off limits completely. And that's fine. And for other people, moderation works great, but don't let that same person convince you that it's okay to have the one dinner roll. If it's really not, because you know yourself, right? So don't give into the peer pressure to eat the dessert. If you know, it's going to turn into three servings of dessert, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I know in my family, Mrs. Comiskey makes the most amazing sort of their pecan finger cookies, oh. and they're just, basically there's a fight over them. They come out, they're they're hidden. We finish dinner and they come out, and it's just a feeding frenzy. Like, mm-hmm. how can I turn down Mrs. Comiskey's cookies? Like, is that does that even sound possible from the cookie exchange? How mm-hmm. how do I do that? Is there an alternative? Is she there? Are you worried about offending her or what? Uh, I don't know. It's just sort of a tradition. Like in the tradition, every family has, you know, Aunt May's yeah. potatoes or right. the cook, grandma's, yeah. grandma's jello. So certain foods that I, because I struggle with food like everyone else, and that's actually why I know a lot about food. Um, but there's certain things that I just tell myself, well, I've had a, enough of X to last me a lifetime. It's yeah. not going to, I'm going to be better off, you know, I'm going to stop um, sacrificing my long-term happiness for this short-term, short-term little reward in my brain that's going to make me feel happy for 30 seconds while I'm eating it. Right. It's this fleeting happiness, okay. you know? Yeah. Um, and it's hard, but, you know, I just try to tell myself, well, that's not my food anymore. That food is up on yeah. me now, so. Yeah, well, that's a fantastic way to, you know. Stay healthier, have more energy, 
compassion, all all of the reasons just to improve your diet and and save the animals, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're saving the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, great. Um, so there there have to be alternatives, like the 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 Thanksgiving turkey or the Christmas ham. What sort of alternatives well, do you? There's- there's a lot of for the. Where do you get your protein? Everybody says. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Bitch peas. Bitch peas. <laughs> peas. I mean peas for real. <laughs> peas have eight grams of protein. Everybody, a cup of lentils has about eighteen. A cup of broccoli has four grams. There's protein in everything you eat. You really can't be protein deficient deficient unless you're calorie deficient, or maybe living on Oreos. If you're just eating Oreos and nothing else, you might be in trouble uh, for a lot of reasons. But uh, yeah, there's there's a, a, an abundance of protein in plant-based foods, which we're not ever taught, you know. Here's the problem I have with eating beans. At nighttime... Uh-huh, I know what you're going to say. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you got to turn the fan on high in the bedroom <laughs> if you have a high bean diet for help. dinner. Oh, you, your poor Austin apartment. And poor dog that you live with. Fortunately, we've got the menagerie of, of animals here, so I can blame it on. I can blame it on the hunter. Blame on the dog or the cat. Yes, now, now there's there's one and another one, but the, the dog sends a little more gaseous elements into the No, air. no, no. You're just blaming it on Fez. So, no, for real, though, that's a problem for people who are trying to incorporate beans into their diet. Fiber, generally. Fiber. I mean, I gradually, because I went from a junk food vegan processed diet, you know, and by that I mean a lot of frozen meals and pizza and vegan cupcakes and stuff like that. Um, and I gradually, and I hated vegetables as a vegan, right? I, I hated them. How is that even possible while I was eating a lot of crap food? Um, I started off with, like, the green smoothie once a day. Ew. and then I and then I started to like that and then I added the salad and then I started eating more beans it was very gradual so if someone's trying to start eating more beans start with like a quarter cup a day work your way up to a half a cup you're comfortable with that try to get up to a cup or two a day wow beans are, beans are wonderful they lower your cholesterol they keep your um, they moderate your blood sugar they keep you full they're they help protect against uh, colon cancer they're they're really a wonderful food that everybody should try to eat every day so grams of, of fiber per day, like you've got the, whatever the USDA recommends and it's we so all low. know. I don't even know what the number is. It's like yeah. 20 maybe. Yeah. It could be That's... like 20 grams. It sounds about right. 10 to 20 grams. You're, you average what? Double, triple that? Probably 80. 80 <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I've tracked, I've used my fitness pal before where it's gotten way up there. Yeah. But your body's used to it. Yeah, you get used to it. It's it's not a big deal. You get used to it. You gradually kind of go in that direction and you, you adapt over time. And your taste buds change. Like, I didn't used to like vegetables. I want to tell people that's reversible. Like, your taste buds Now you eat two pounds of vegetables a day. Yeah, you start to crave them. And when you go, you're on vacation and you go a couple of days without eating right, you're like, ugh. And you start feeling mm-hmm. it. Craving that salad. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to dive in from five grams of fiber a day to eighty, like. Uh, <laughs> but you still, I mean, I assume you poop a ton of times during the day. 
Yeah, I could never, I could never do that then. <laughs> Very gradual Not for me. It's, it's a healthy amount. It's a healthy amount would be maybe three times a day. Two to three, you're good. Three to five, you're good. I think anything I read over five, maybe you've got digestive problems. Um, but I would say three at least. This, yeah, I mean, this is what this FitCast is all about, like just talking about poop. Talking about poop. We love it. Poor Susan, this is her first time on, and she's getting the poop talk. Well, I'm used to talking about poop. Yeah. All right. Can't wait to talk with you. Susan, before we introduce you, how many times a day do you poop? I was trying to think about that. It really depends. Um, Three would probably be my upper limit. All right. Well, that's fair. So you're you're a pretty steady twice a day pooper. Yeah, I think one to three. One it depends on, on, I don't know, the mood. Who knows? Oh, yeah. So, so Kelly, before before we let you go, it is the holiday season. So, um, you know, a lot of people do gain weight during this time. What, is, what, are, what are the main culprits or what are some, some tricks to, to avoid that? So, well, we talked kind of about what to avoid, but the culprit is um, holidays are full of salty, sweet, fatty foods, right? Scientists have actually proposed that the reaction we have in our brain when we eat these foods is very similar to drugs. <laughs> and that causes us to drive, it drives overeating behavior, overconsumption, and weight gain. So if you feel out of control, it's not entirely your fault. That these foods are very rich and they're like a drug. And we're actually evolutionarily wired, you know, to want those rich foods. The problem is our cavemen were eating nuts. Seeds, well, hold on. You bring up fruits. evolutionary arguments during the Christmas season. <laughs> yes, I am. You oh. pagan. <laughs> you pagan. Wait, do we allow pagans on our podcast? <laughs> but yes, you're right. You don't the F word enough. I don't know if we can claim to be religious. <laughs> Sorry, the podcast is ending right now. Goodbye. See you next year. <laughs> But yes, go ahead and tell us. Go so, ahead, sorry. I forgot. I lost my job. Rich okay. roll. Rich roll. No, no, not rich roll. Oh, sorry. Rich, rich foods. Rich foods. We were evolutionarily wired to want to eat, but they were nuts, seeds, fruits, and the occasional piece of meat. But now we have all these, this abundance of rich food around, and you know we're like addicts, and it kills our taste buds, right? So that healthy food, no longer, like an apple should taste like heaven, but it doesn't when you're eating salt-laden crappy food. No, so. I, I, I do like the taste of Doritos and all those other <laughs> orange-colored bag-processed foods. So so you're surrounded by all these rich, tempting foods, right? And you're also surrounded by family who you love that you absolutely cannot stand, right? Yeah. So it's very stressful. There's the stress of the holidays, and what do people do? They numb, alcohol. They Fear. numb themselves with alcohol and with food. Now, hey, hey, hey. We not, might not be religious, but we definitely don't promote drinking. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Never mind the entire first ten minutes all my of the conversation. Go away, but I also forget about my goals, which is to not gain weight. The holidays, I'll just start eating. If I'm a little buzzed, I just start eating everything. I don't care. Who's that? <laughs> it's January Kelly's problem. I'm having fun. I don't care. Ah, so. uh, future Kelly. I'll <laughs> always pay the pay the price for for today. And then the other problem is people have a break in their routine, right? They're going to parties, staying out late. You're not getting up to get your workout in. So I would say the most you can get in, even just short workouts, 
to try to keep some kind of sense of a routine. Or maybe hashtag verbal to your November project, your local November project workout. Absolutely. Yep, fine. And that's great. That brings up you can get an accountability partner. That could be your November project people or a friend from November project where you guys agree to meet up and work out. Because yep. it's really easy to blow off workouts this time of year. Yeah, accountability is, accountability is huge. Like, even if you're, like, texting a picture of the scale in the morning on Monday or whatever. Yeah, like, if I do that. Yeah, that's that's all important stuff. Yep. So, uh, I had my workout this morning, and it was great. Burned my calories. I had a little knee problem. Sorry about to bring up the whole... By the way, my plantar fasciitis. Yeah, it's going. Working its way out. Wow, good. The left knee is working its way in, but, uh, you know. Wow. I know, excuses, excuses. But, yeah, no, the accountability thing is great. And uh, here in Austin, we have Project Austin. Mm -hmm. A lot of cities have the November Project, and that's a great accountability a great accountability tool to use for uh, for getting your, your exercise weekly, daily, whatever it happens to be. So. I just looked it up. Memphis does not have one. Sad no, face. they don't. Soon enough. You can, you, Susan, you can start one. Yep, just as I leave. <laughs> You're moving again. Oh, very likely. Yeah, I'm not planning on staying in Memphis, but I don't know where I'm going. If I go to Denver, they have one. And LA. <laughs> Why don't I introduce Susan? Is now a good time? Yeah. yeah. So Kelly, thank you for thank all you your guys. input. You're gonna, you can be around, and you're gonna have uh, more input here as we go on because. Okay. This isn't all about nutrition and fitness. There's a lot of funny and fun questions we're going to be involved in oh, okay. a little later. So uh, <laughs> thank you for your, your educational and uh, input on nutrition. Wonderful. Kristen, Susan, let's hear about it. Yeah. So Susan and I have been friends for, what has it been, four or five years now? Sounds about right. Sounds yeah. about right. Yeah. We met um, during my first year of a clinical psychology program in Atlanta. So this girl goes all over the place. <laughs> Atlanta, she was up in Minnesota for a while. Um, she's been to Chicago, passing through, and she's visited me. Um, but when I met her down in Atlanta, I would not have known that Susan was vegan. And Susan, were you even vegan at that time? No, I, I don't think so. If it was 2010 or earlier, I was definitely not vegan. It was 2010 to 2011, so I think I caught you in your transition here. Yeah, at that point, I was probably just being like, what is this raw food thing? That's weird. <laughs> so that's kind of how you got started on it, is with raw food? Oh, my God. Um, someone had posted a video. It was PETA's winner of the sexiest vegetarian over 50. And it was this woman, Mimi, I always forget her last name, but Mimi something. And she was 72 and looked fantastic. And I know, what? Um, I'm sure, I'm sure Jean's genetics played a large part in it. But she was vegan since she was like 30, vegetarian or vegan, and she transitioned to vegan. And more recently, she was getting to raw foods. And I was like, what the hell is that? So I started looking into raw foods a little bit more. And I didn't buy the whole science behind some of the stuff they were talking about, which is um, the idea of not heating foods above either 105 or 118, which is theoretically when, um, or it, which is when kind of proteins start to denature, which is what enzymes are made of. And so the idea is to keep them intact and keep your food alive to help break down food in your digestive system, which... Seem kind of silly. Like, we have enough to break food down. Um, and I don't know if it would even actually help at all. But the idea, kind of like what Kelly was saying, was 
I mean, basically, you're forced to have whole foods. Um, and also, um, mostly, like, they encourage um, organic. Yeah. Um, but, but basically, you're, you're eating these very healthy foods just because you can't have processed heated foods. So I got behind that and I was exploring things. I bought a dehydrator. I was trying out food, but I still was eating other things as well. And so that kind of got me in the back door. And from there I started reading more, learning more, um, went more vegetarian and then went, um, so when you were doing the raw food thing, were you still eating animal products? Yes. You were, but you were heating the meat, I assume, like you weren't eating raw food. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, it was more <laughs> like I was in, incorporating raw foods okay. into my, which, which honestly, when I t- talk to people about transitioning to vegetarianism or veganism, I always say, add in, don't take out. Okay. So it's kind of the same thing. Like I might add in the green smoothies. I might add in, um, like a raw meal. Um, but it doesn't mean that I was, you know. I went gung-ho strict, wouldn't eat anything else except for, like, one time I tried it for a week. <laughs> but, so it was a very slow... Go when you did it for a week, it didn't stick? No, it was a raw... It was, like, a raw food cleanse challenge or something. Um, very basic foods. There is a meal plan. Like, the first day was all water, and then there like, okay. there's a mono meal and things like that. Um, it was okay, but I didn't... You know, people always talk about how they felt amazing and had so much energy, and it was fine. <laughs> I wasn't loud. But it kind of got me in the back door, and so then I started transitioning more vegetarian. And then, actually, when I moved here to Memphis, that's when I was gung-ho, like, okay, I'm going to stick to this vegan and not um, fall prey to, <laughs> to the, the baked goods that people bring into work all the time. Oh, man, I don't know mm-hmm. if you do it. Mm, I mean, and... You know, I, this is why I love Kelly's going veganish group is because, like today, people had those little um, Dunkin' Donuts, uh, the little bites, the little donut bites, the donut holes. Donut I know donut, donut, donut holes. What you're talking about? And there was one I could see. <laughs> it was the jelly-filled one, and I was like, I it's a jelly. Donuts. So I had the one, but like that's not gonna kill me, and like I'm not gonna ruin the world with that one thing, and you know, I don't know. Compassion, self-compassion. <laughs> okay, yeah. So there's the the cold compassion aspect, but you gotta listen to your your own body, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, very interesting. Yeah. Um. So uh, you, we've kind of thrown around the word veganish a few times, and I know Kelly, that's how you kind of identify yourself. Is that where you would kind of fall on the spectrum, Susan? Is veganish? I. I I'm bad in that I tend to say vegan mostly because that's what people recognize the most, even though, um, and I try to the best I can, uh, live a vegan lifestyle. Um, I've mostly like, I don't buy leather as much as I can help it. Um, I haven't gone so far as to make sure I do lots of research for like makeup because I'm also still kind of poor. (laughs) It's really expensive. Um, but, but people don't, necessarily understand what plant-based is all the time so I say vegan I I feel like I'm a vegan um and I try and live that way but again if I slip once in a while once in a blue moon I don't think that suddenly takes away my vegan card (laughs) 
Yeah, actually, that's exactly what Kelly was yeah. sort of referring to, which is, you know, the vegan Nazis who, right. who mm-hmm. just kind of attack people who, you know, have, there's a honey barbecue sauce on your portobello mushroom, right? right. Like, not yeah, sure. I'm not going to scream at someone and throw it back in their face. If you, and, and the argument is if you make it look, like such a miserable lifestyle because you're at the restaurant with all your friends grilling them about every ingredient that's in the veggie burger everyone's gonna look at it and be like i don't want to do that so you're Mm -hmm. doing a disservice almost (laughs) yeah that's kind of what the vegan brothers say that is exactly Uh, what the vegan brothers oh my god we're gonna have a circle jerk over the vegan brothers again (laughs) i i learned about them through the going veganish page (laughs) i didn't know about them before that yeah but same thing with like um bianca phillips from vegan crunk who's here in memphis um she she says if it for all intents and purposes looks like it should be vegan at a restaurant she might ask a few questions but she's not gonna like ask to go to the back of the kitchen and look at everything you know um be reasonable with it so there's a convenience aspect. There's a compassion aspect. So this is like a very multifaceted. This is a sophisticated veganism. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This is exactly. one of our most sophisticated topics possible on our well, show, we're which is great. Which is great. People. We're we're edu- we're educating our listeners. We're fucking educating. Bring <laughs> some class to this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so Susan, I know that you you've lived in you you've lived in a lot of places. How many states have you lived? In? One, two, three, four, five. Oh, just five. It feels like so much more, doesn't it? Because I've been it moving does. all over the place. But no, it's just been five. Just been five. And have you been able to find? Well, some of those places where you lived, you weren't quite right. vegan, but. Are you able, and you travel a lot for conferences. Oh, I didn't even brag that you are, you're doing your postdoc in Memphis for clinical neuropsychology. Yeah. Um, so you go, you're an academic, you go to all these conferences all the time, people want you to speak. Um, <laughs> you get to speak? You're a public speaker? Oh my God, no, she's not a, that much. She's a researcher and she presents a lot. <laughs> I present like posters, yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. But so you're, you're going all over for these conferences, and are you mm-hmm. able to find vegan food everywhere that you go? Yes. I was actually not for conference. There was one the year before, which is why I planned to go, but I was just in Puerto Rico for over Thanksgiving break. I saw all those pictures, and I mm. see you on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And everywhere I was able to find something vegetarian or vegan. Wow. It was awesome, and people were very accommodating. Um, so yeah, like there, uh, in Memphis, it's super easy to be vegan here. Um, surprisingly. Yeah. In the world of barbecue, right? Yeah. But there's like vegan barbecue or alternatives even at those barbecue places. It's, it's surprisingly easy. Wow. Yeah. We live in Texas, which takes barbecue as a sport. And you know what? Austin, (laughs) Texas is like this sort of oasis from the rest of the state where, most places you go to have either vegan options or a solid vegetarian vegan menu. Kelly, would you agree? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And again, also the vegan barbecue. And vegan vegan barbecue and vegan food trucks. There's entire oh, food yeah. trucks. Mm-hmm. Oh, some amazing food trucks. I was really sad I missed the food trucks when I was there for a conference. <laughs> so, 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 did you find a specific... Hold on. Did you... Case out. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Did you, uh, Susan, did you find a vegan food truck that you 
appreciated most or, or frequented a lot? In Austin? Yeah. No, I didn't find any. Um, I, like, they exist. If, oh, I know they do. I know, like, I've seen um, the vegan roadie did, like, a whole thing there, and he stopped off at a whole bunch of them. So I've, and, like, I've looked at some of the blogs, um, the food blogs, which is, like, all I care about in life. <laughs> yeah, and, um, veg, and Veg Fest is actually here, the... Kelly, oh yeah, and there's Texas Veg Fest. Um, it's I think it's like every April. I think the second weekend. It's amazing. Don't talk to me about that. I, I <laughs> have my friends. My friends in Twin Cities are always like Veg Fest in the Twin Cities, Veg Fest in Chicago, and I'm like, oh, come to Memphis. <laughs> um, but here they actually have. I, ha- I haven't eaten at it yet, but they have a food truck called. I want to say Loving It Raw, um, but it's a raw food truck. Oh. Um, which is cool, but I haven't tried it yet. But yeah, um, in uh, in Austin, I went to. Oh gosh, I wish I pulled this up. I want to say something like Mother. Oh, Mother's, yeah. There's that, but there's also there's one place where they had a whole uh, pre pre prefix pre fee. Oh, and I remember fix menu. Yeah, fix menu. yeah. Uh, it was like twelve dollars, and you get. There was, like, like soups, and there was uh, a set Casa menu. De what was it called? Casa de Luz. Is it, was it really yes. healthy, crazy? Oh, it was so yeah. awesome. It's, yeah, Brian didn't like that. It's horrible. <laughs> if you enjoy what? healthy food, it's amazing. It tastes like you're eating paper, and it's only a block from our house, but <gasps> it tastes like a combination of paper, cardboard, and water. Not true. Hey, I already gave you the full disclosure that we were not vegan, so we <laughs> are allowed to have no. Have you only been there one time or more than once? <laughs> have you been there more than once? Oh, Ryan's only been there once. I've been there a lot. Yeah, I've been there once and it tasted not so You get great. a lot of food. It's awesome. Go more than once when they have something different. Try That's it again. It. It's always different. Even though the next time I went, it was the same thing they served when Brian was. <laughs> I haven't figured it out. It might be like, it's, it's a co-op restaurant. You don't have to be a member of the co-op. Like, it was a, it was a cute atmosphere. It's a cool but, experience. Yeah. A really cool venue. Very unique. It's, it's, if you're in Austin, yeah. it's definitely worth checking out. So when you all come down here to swim in the Barton Springs pools, it's a walk away from the pools. Yeah. Don't forget about the cardboard. <laughs> no, but it, it is a great place, and there's a lot of cool hip people there, and it's it, it is actually yeah. a cool experience. So, and it's funny. So you, you mentioned that so you're not vegan, and so maybe like Kelly was saying, it it took her a while to get used to the flavors and kind of adapt to healthy food. I found that to be so true that just over time your taste buds do change and things that were like, eh, okay, before taste so good. And then other things that are not as healthy, you're just not as wowed by. Right. Um, which I don't, it's kind of a sudden shift, I guess. But but that's just something that I, I noticed that, um, and, and that craving, like if you do kind of fall the wagon for a little bit and you're eating more processed foods or eating out a lot like right now I'm kind of in that in that rut where I'm like I just want to get a giant salad and eat just like veggies um it, you kind of miss it and yeah. crave it and and for the non-vegan or veganish or vegetarian people who are listening to this 
I saw a movie last night, which will kind of convince you exactly the point you're saying, which is like after a time, you know, your taste buds adjust, and also the 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 sort of compassion humanitarian reasons for it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Was it which one we vegan watched last night? Vegan. Uh, we watched. Vegan. Vet, vet, I'll tell them. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Vegucated. Vegucated, and I also showed them yeah. Forks Over Knives. Forks over yeah. knives together uh, a couple nights ago. Have you seen Vegucated, Susan? I saw that while I still lived in Atlanta. There was a screening of it at a local bar. Um, wow. So it's been a couple of years now, but I remember that being great. Okay, Salk, have you seen Vegucated? Yeah. I, I have not. Have Put not. it on the list. It's actually pretty it. funny, cute. It's a cute movie. Yeah, it's really funny. They actually yeah. make it like sort of comedic and entertaining. And if any of our guests, viewers, listeners have watched this movie, go ahead and shoot us an email. Yeah, or if you know any other good pro-veg movies. Yeah, npfitcast at gmail.com. We'd appreciate your feedback on any other movies you've seen. So, like I said, I saw Veducated last night. It was actually really funny and uh, also educational. You know, you learn a little bit about the the, the meat and dairy industry, and the dark it's side, yeah. The, yeah, the dark side of it. So, God, there's so many good movies that'll teach you about the dark side. Uh, it'll hardcore. give you some knowledge. It'll what was that? Oh, I didn't mean to. Oh, sorry. There's <laughs> uh, Earthlings. If people really want to get yeah. the dark side, it's that was the dark, dark side, side one. It's hard to watch, but I feel like everybody needs to see it. Yeah. And yeah, you mentioned <laughs> <laughs> you, you mentioned the compassion piece coming on, and I've, I've had a friend who he's been vegan for I don't know nine, ten years, I think, um, and it was purely health for him. Um, so he was about to be put on like Lipitor or something, you know, some kind of cholesterol medication, and he was like, "Well, let me try diet first. Um, and he stuck with it for a long time, and he said that over time the the ethical piece of it, kind of like the compassionate piece for animals, um, started to work its way in more. And and that's something I noticed. Like I kind of came at it as like a health, and then it became like health and environment. And compassion is there, but it's not something I, I was like gung ho about. Um, but that's something that kind of the more you learn, it, that also started to increase, and it just kind of came in time for me. But that, even that piece is different for everyone. Right. Wow, very yeah. interesting. So I, I'm just now learning from you guys about kind of the lifestyle changes that accompany veganism. You know, really, it's not just eating. Like you guys oh, have no. all said, it's not just changing what you eat. It's changing your life. And this is giving you like a completely healthier lifestyle, which is what November Project is all about. That's why I think this falls totally in line with November Project, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. living a healthy lifestyle. So, um, and you guys can both answer this. Like, what are what are some of the, the other healthy habits that you guys do that kind of fall in line with this lifestyle? Uh, mostly kind of an athlete-ish. <laughs> yes, you have. Athlete-ish? What does athlete-ish mean? <laughs> to me, it's kind of like, um... I like to exercise and I, I try and do it somewhat regularly, but I'm just not like an everyday or even like a certain amount of times per week. It kind of, um, 
ebbs and flows, I guess. Um, and I do lots of different things. You do. Um, I love that you do so many different things. That's my favorite thing yeah. of your exercise routine. Oh, thanks. <laughs> I, I try and run. Um, I would love to some point in my life do like a half marathon or a marathon, but a 5K is about what I do now. Um, what about 6K? And I do, Did you finish a 6K, you think? I've done, I did one 10K. All 60 right. would be a great. There we go. Intermediate. November Project yeah. 6K and November Project Memphis next year. We will right get, we'll get into the 6K after after the main topic, but yes, a 6K would be cool. <laughs> yeah, that would be good. Um, but like I, I do some running. I do, I like group fitness because uh, if it's just me, I'll, I'll tap out real early. But if someone's yelling at me or I have to, I feel pressured not to be the one to give up. Um, so I do like group fitness. So like the Les Mills, uh, body combat, yeah. body pump. Um, gosh, that makes me sore. <laughs> it's like a solid hour of exercise and I have a dog. So I take her for walks or runs, but she's getting older. So What's mostly walks name? now. Her name is Lady. Lady. She's a chocolate lab mix. Oh, she's looking up now. She was lying in bed. She's so cute. <laughs> yeah, she is. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mostly do that. Sometimes I get to go on hikes or walks. Well, you oh, come- and yoga. Yoga. I was Yeah, I was going to say, you come from like a, a bodily movement, like gymnastics background. I know yoga is something that you do. Yeah. Oh my gosh. In high school, I got convinced to uh, try out for cheerleading, uh, which was so not me, but, but I, two years in a row, I wound up making the team and she didn't. Oh, you're <laughs> the that, friend that convinced you? Yeah, she, oh she didn't God. make it. But this, but this that, sounds like a high school rivalry movie that <laughs> someone could make. <laughs> I hope she's not listening to this. She's going to be like, now I know she's in Memphis at B. Okay, so okay, partner, you're not supposed to hope that anybody on the planet is not listening to this. That's true. That's true. We need more than 2,000 downloads. Yes. But but that was really fortunate because that got me into gymnastics, which got me much more into like a healthy lifestyle, I think. Um, So that's been really fortunate. Well, that's great. You know what? Let's let's transition out of these. Let's, Queso. Do you have any fun questions for our guests? Because I do. We've got. We talked about vegan diets and and fitness. Go ahead and shoot. Either 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 um, guest or both. Yeah, I'll do. We'll do both. This is related to diet. Right. Um, what's your favorite cheat food? Either it could be a non-vegan cheat food, or it could just be a, a vegan and unhealthy cheat food. All right. Who's who goes first? Queso. Oh, wow. Um, we'll do Kelly first this time. Oh, Kelly. that's so hard. There's so many. Okay, so now it's going to be, jeez, um, anything with a lot of avocado. I like Mexican food. I eat vegan, vegan. But the best thing on the planet, Susan, if you come to Austin, is the Arlo's food truck burger I had on my birthday. Oh, yeah. About 100% vegan. Oh. The most insane thing I've ever tasted. And that mm. is, a, it's got to be really fattening. Um, mm-hmm. so good. In my picture, it looks like a hamburger. It kind of, the picture kind of disturbed me because <laughs> it looks so much like a big giant hamburger. Um, yeah. Uh, and popcorn. I'm, I'm popcorn obsessed. That's why you like the yeah. movies. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. We've about a couple things. Yeah. I mean, you already mentioned the uh, donut holes. 
Yeah, um, that the whole um, you saying that the picture scared you because it looks so real. There's um, there's a Chinese food place that I recently tried where I got the Janelle's house chicken, but vegetarian, vegan. Um, and I bit into it and it freaked me out because it looked yeah. to me the person who hasn't had chicken in a long time. It looks so real. Um, so that would be one. I remember have you some... posted on Facebook about that. You were like, <laughs> I think I accidentally ate chicken. <laughs> I was really worried. But it wasn't. It was okay. <laughs> People who still ate me were like, oh, hell no. That's not even close. <laughs> but um, we have someone who does cupcakes here. Oh. Um, she, the Pink Diva Cupcakery. And those are amazing. And if I'm really, really going to be bad and not vegan, every once in a while, if my boyfriend has, like, a medium or medium rare steak, I might have a little bite. Because I know it's delicious. <laughs> I know. Don't send the vegan please after me. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Believe me, we don't. We, we're discouraged the vegan police. They do a lot of, a lot of inappropriate <laughs> things. Yeah, I, I, it's funny though. Like I'm moving more and more away from even the little bites. Oftentimes, if I do see something that looks delicious or I'm really curious about, so many times—not necessarily a steak, but so many times—I'm like, you know, that really wasn't worth it. Right. Like it wasn't as good as I remember because I haven't eaten it in so long. So, yeah. Well, amazing, uh, Kesog. Any other? crazy questions i got a couple but you you go ahead and finish yours well i just want to know what everybody's plan for the holidays was oh wait before we get to plans for holidays i have questions for susan and kelly okay mm. uh susan you get to answer this one first okay do you own a tv <laughs> uh there is one in the house but my roommates mostly watch it i watch on my computer does that count Yes, so you have okay. some, what are your guilty pleasures on the TV front? <laughs> are you watching Saved um, by the Bell reruns, or what, no, what do you got there? So, Something that so just my... totally wastes your life. <laughs> oh, I have so many of them. Um, I have some guilty pleasures that are my own, things like How to Get Away with Murder, Scandal, uh, Grimm. But then my boyfriend is, he's an animation director and he reads comic books and he's a big nerd. And so he got me into The Flash. So oh, The I Flash is one of my big guilty. What was that? Nerdy. Yeah, The Flash. Yeah, uh, super nerdy. Jessica Jones and Heroes I got into later in life. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of guilty pleasures. You think that I don't actually work. <laughs> <laughs> but you do. As a psychologist, I work hard. <laughs> <laughs> but watch all these kind of horrible shows. Really bad, but I love them. Kelly, how about you? What are your What are your television guilty pleasures? Well, I'll binge watch. Like I'll pick one series on Netflix or HBO to go, and I'll watch nothing else but that show until I'm done, and then I get really depressed because it's over. So. <laughs> We finished not long ago Weeds. That was amazing. And I was like crying because it was the last one. So then we started Girls, which I've already seen through once, but I'm rewatching it with Brian and loving it. And we just started season four. And that show is just ridiculous. It's so uncomfortable to watch. These girls are like so awkward and making terrible decisions. And you just can't take your eyes away. And that's awkward sex and nudity. I don't want to see, but I can't take my eyes away. Well, it also, all right, three things. One, it's not a train wreck. It's, seven train wrecks at the same time <laughs> also the nudity 
not great nudity. No, even like the sexier characters, it's just awkward stuff happening. It's, oh. it's supposed to be like realistic, right? Yeah, it's amazing. Like, I think it's so amazing. <laughs> Super so, awkward. Season five, not until February. I don't know what we're going to do between now and then, but. <laughs> oh, there's plenty, plenty more binge watching on Netflix. I assume we cannot finish Netflix before it gives us more material. <laughs> um, does anybody listen to Serial? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they're one of our partner podcasts. So yeah, I know they partner with us. Why, why haven't they started advertising our podcast? Uh, that that'll be Ooh. season two, episode two. They're gonna be like, please tune into the November Project Fitcast. Another. And then when Bo Bergdahl was <laughs> taken by the Taliban, he was listening to the November Project Fitcast. <laughs> right. Oh. Like we we're we're just over two thousand downloads here, and I think Serial's right about the same amount, like two two thousand twenty five hundred. Per second. Yeah, I'm like, wait years. a second, you mean million? <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, but uh, well, you know what, partner? As long as as long as our guests have answered this question, what's your TV? What's your TV sort of guilty pleasure? You mean besides Green Bay Packers, Brown highlights? Well, yeah, <laughs> I've spent a few hours. If the Packers win, I spend an hour or two looking at, looking at my iPad. But other than that, yes. Yeah. I, I honestly, I don't really watch much TV. Yeah, I understand that. But when you do, is it something interesting or not interesting that you watch? Well, I mean, I'll, I'll watch Girls. I will watch that one. Um, Big Bang Theory. Whatever's on. Whatever's on is funny. <laughs> Very cool. I'm boring. Fonz, <laughs> your turn. <laughs> I am, oh, my, oh, yeah. I watch, you know, those, those sort of, High school teen dramas, the stuff you'd see in like after school, ABC after school specials. I get wrapped into them. I, I relate to the characters for some stupid reason. Like what? I don't know. Like, like I have no <laughs> idea why. It just, it just happens. I no specific movie. Like anything on TNT after school, like I'll watch that or whatever. Like it's. Well, like, what are some examples of? What that would be, I don't even know. Um, so if you're on Hulu, man, I can't remember the name of them. I don't even. That's how low level brain I have to get to this low level brain. Oh I don't even know the name of it. Awkward. There you go. Awkward. Go to Hulu. Subscribe to Awkward. Watch like ten episodes, and you'll be like, Oh yeah, no, I, my roommate has watched that. I have no more respect for you, Mister Fonz. <laughs> And that's fine. Like, and as soon as you watch like a couple episodes, Hulu will tell you all of the rest of the horrible, horrible productions that exist out there. So, all right, I think Kesaf, we've had a good, we had amazing this guests. Was this good. Week. I know two amazing guests. We're killing it. <laughs> Thank you guys for coming on, especially Susan all the way in, in Memphis. Actually, Memphis is probably like halfway between Chicago and Austin. Yeah, you guys should meet up here. Yeah, yeah, we should. Kesal, uh, have you been in any races recently? Did you do the 6K today? There was 6Ks all know, around the entire country today. The November Project 6K. Um, it was a beautiful sunrise along the Lake Michigan shoreline. In Chicago. Um, I'm, t I'm told that a couple vegan-ish people 
won the female the female division first and second place were two veganish women yeah wow. becca menke and caitlin clark who was on our podcast before so yeah. fucking killing it absolutely so any other have you been in any races or anything coming up um well you know after my malort 5k win i'm just trying to been trying to take it easy don't want to go too high profile no <laughs> <laughs> No, I haven't done anything. The Rudolph Ramble was just this past weekend, um, which our fellow veganish runners ran. Our fellow November Project crew ran in that one. And you ran and that as well? I did not run it. I did not. It just happened, and I want everybody to know. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, well. <laughs> I got nothing on my radar. Nothing until next year. Until next year in, in the triathlon series. Are you going to be involved in triathlons next year? I will, yeah, you, doing a whole bunch of tries. I just joined a tribe team. You do And have I a signed team. up for Half Ironman, so yeah. Fantastic. Sight shit. You're on the WellFit team. Which Half Ironman? Is it Steelhead? Yep, Steelhead. All right. Not Racine, not your personal favorite. Door County and Racine, no, but you're going to be in Steelhead. I have not signed up for Steelhead, I even though I have. you signed up yet. I have verbaled for Steelhead, although I am now officially. Although I haven't signed up, I am committed to, I'm hashtag verbling to the, I think it's called Capital City. Like, there's a triathlon here in Austin. Uh, the end of May, I'm going to do it. It's it's on the calendar. End of May? Oh my god, what's the weather like in Austin the end of May? Because here you cannot swim in the lake at the end of May. Well, see, they have a lake here. It's actually a river. The Wait, no. You can't say those two things next to each other. Hey, come down to Austin. You'll see, like... They have there's a river a lake, here? River, river, lake. Well, and here's the thing is there's a huge debate as to whether or not they should call this river Town Lake or Ladybird Lake. Not river? No, no. That's that's the ridiculous <laughs> thing about it. The, the big debate, exactly. It's the Colorado River, and the big debate is whether we should call it Town Lake or Ladybird Lake. And I'm like, don't call it a fucking call lake at all. Colorado fucking river. Sorry to my Austin friends who are listening to this, but that's it. But anyhow, so the triathlon is actually in the Colorado River. Wow. Uh, and the bike, and it's super hilly here. So I've been doing some hill training. Um, we live in the, pretty much the hilliest neighborhood there is here in South Austin, uh, right by the water. I've, I've talked a billion times about the uh, Barton Springs pool, so I get to swim every day, which is awesome. So, yeah, I will be signing up for those. Uh, I will also be traveling over the next couple weeks because it's holiday season. Where are you going to be traveling to? Uh, Let's see. Let me think. Let me look at my Southwest Airlines. This podcast sponsored by Southwest Airlines. Please send us a check. Uh, From Austin to Chicago. Chicago, I know where that is. It is, yes. I will be there. Is there a November project in Chicago? We do. We have a November project that meets on Wednesdays at 6.28 a.m. at the Edison Totem Pole. And also Fridays at 6 a.m. at The Bean. Which one are you going to be at, Fonz? Uh, well, I'm only going to the ones you're... Are you going to be there next Wednesday? Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. Are you going to be there this Friday? Fuck yeah! Maybe. Are you actually going to... I know you have weatherproof restrictions. No, because I'm... Okay, first of all, it is not in single digits here in Chicago yet. Okay. It's, it's like way above that, first of all. AccuWeather Real Field for Friday is 12. 
I don't go by real. I go by real temperature. Oh, with our fucking hashtag weatherproof. And Kelly's gonna be there. Yay! No. I should have checked the forecast before I verbaled. <laughs> Too bad you verbaled. I'm holding you accountable. Well, that's fantastic. Yes. So Kelly will be there this Friday. She's coming back on Monday. Yeah. So that I can fly out Tuesday to go up there to work out with everybody on Wednesday. So all of you Chicago people listening to this podcast, I'm hashtag verbal for next Wednesday. Get your fucking butt out there. Uh, so yeah, so I will be up there visiting. It'll be it'll be amazing. Uh, of course, visiting family for for the holidays. Yeah. Susan, you need to you need to visit a city that or live in a city that has a November project. Uh, I have actually already discussed with my boyfriend of doing a long weekend trip at some point to Chicago. So hopefully that will actually happen. Mostly for the food. I really want to go to the Chicago Diner. Well, that was one of the other ones. With Chicago Diner. Yeah, I still have a The Chicago Diner has a lot of vegan junk. Oh, yeah. There's like maybe two semi-healthy dishes, but when you're vegan and you get the other choices that you never, ever get to have, you tend mm-hmm. to gravitate towards the junk. Yeah. <laughs> yes. You're going to have a salad anywhere. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I want the milkshake. I've had friends say that vegan or non-vegan is the best milkshake they've ever had in their life, hands down. Oh, yeah, my God. Good. I've had the milkshake. It's good. Yeah. There was also, like, a Kitchen 97 or Kitchen, kitchen something. Kitchen you have to go to Kitchen 17 and get the deep dish pizza. The deep dish pizza. It's amazing. Oh, my God. Amazing. I'm a little torn because I'm a New Yorker, and I don't know if I could do that. It might be against, um, well, I was going to say my religion, but just life. But <laughs> they have a thin crust, too, but it's really unusual to be able to get, like, a deep dish vegan pizza. Chicago. Okay. Chicago stylish. So it's I'll do it for you guys. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah, Kitchen 17, I think, is better than Chicago Diner, actually. Yeah. And only and mild- fight words. Hmm? Exactly. MB fighting words. Well, Chicago yeah. Diner has more atmosphere, and it's good, but Kitchen 17 is pretty amazing. And it's more, yeah, the, it's more the only downside is my boyfriend has a lot of allergies, a lot of which are used in vegan cooking, <laughs> including nuts and any kind of legume or bean. Jeez. So That's tough. We'll, we'll see if he can join me. He might have to stay at home, and I'll go eat. <laughs> yeah, it's worth it. Yeah. All right. Well, okay, so, hey, am I going to see you next week? Fuck yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Well, signing off, thanks to our guests. Thank, Thank you, guys. Thank you.